Okay, so today we're going to talk about hiring writers, uh, specifically us and a bunch of people that we talk to on Twitter have a usual complaint about content marketing writers, which is obviously I can't find a good writer <laughs> and with often a lot more colorful words. And we have um, been doing this for, I don't know, you know how many years, but we've been doing this for many years. And we have gone through a ton of writers. And the way we run our agency, every single content strategist starts as a writer. And so, and and it's all a tight-knit team. We don't delegate or outsource any of our clients' content to just a Rolodex of a bunch of freelance writers. And so we really care about having really good writers and we kind of spend a ton of time on that. And we thought that, a video that kind of um, dives into the details of how do we hire, how do we vet, and how much time and detail we spend coaching content marketers and writers um, so that they write in our style would be really useful. So that's what today's video is going to be about. And um, before we get started, if you like this video, then it would help us if you liked and or subscribed, which you can do on our YouTube channel. Cool. I think a first good place to get started would be maybe to rewind back to when we first got started in our agency, because the first challenge that we had to overcome uh, when we got our first client was how are we going to produce the articles? And so immediately we went to, well, I think we need some writers and we didn't know what we were doing at that point in time. And I feel like we made the same mistake that most people do, which is they just kind of put out a job rec for a writer and they try to find people that have a, a similar background to what they're trying to write. And they look at the portfolio pieces and they just give them a shot. And we did that a number of times and paid, I remember paying $1,000 for an article that we never used uh, and paying really extremely high prices. And I think we had to learn the hard way on everything not to do from paying hourly rates to paying these really high prices for these subject matter expert writers. And, and I don't know if you remember any of the other mistakes that we made early on, but I think what might help people is to kind of just walk through all those different mistakes that we made in the very beginning of the business and then kind of contrast that to, to what we're doing now. Yeah. I mean, at the very beginning, I think our solution was that we wrote them or I just, I just remember I wrote some <laughs> and that very quickly we were like, okay, this is not going to work. Yeah. But um, we didn't, we didn't try to do that. I would say right. we knew, we knew immediately that we needed writers and that right. we weren't going to be writing the yeah. articles. No, we but I we, yeah. We factored that into like, a hypothetical budget, right? Like we factor that into like our costs or whatever, because anyone who's going to do a content agency, you, that, that's obvious. Yeah. So we created a job description. Um, I have no idea what it said, but I remember we asked for a portfolio. It was in Google forms, which we still use. Um, and we have a Google sheet with a bajillion uh, applicants now, but and, and you and I just went through the portfolio. And I remember creating a column on the left with like Benji comments, Davish comments. And we'd be like, okay, this person's good for this, that, you know, I don't like this one. or And we would just, it, the key was their portfolio. I mean, we looked at other questions. Why do you want to work here? What else have you done? What's your background? And we tried to find ones that matched our, you know, that, that, that were good. And I think in terms of mistakes, that that's not a mistake. Like Anyone hiring writers, that's like, Ticket to entry, of course, you need to ask them for their portfolio. But we're going to get into, what should we call it? Not mistakes, but like traps? Yeah, that maybe things that things that don't matter that you think maybe matter. In yeah, the very so there's this whole thing that we're going to get into, not right this second. If just, you're not, turns out, you can't really be sure which of the portfolio pieces was like really done by that writer in its entirety. Um, but the other big one initially on was experience. And I, and I think that was what led to some of the $1,000 ones where we, I don't know what we were paying initially, but it was like, a, you know, a few hundred dollars or something. Yeah, I um, think we started at 350 
yeah if i remember correctly and we were like oh like when we had a couple bad ones not work out um we were like well maybe like we're it's too cheap or something and we need to pay like the, the like really expensive people those expensive writers tend to be maybe not even tend to be like all, basically always are really expense really experienced content marketers that's how they know to charge that much anyone who's just starting off writing is like i don't know like a, a few hundred dollars like but the people who are charging a thousand dollars really five you know i mean i guess this was like six seven years ago so now i guess things have changed but 700 600 plus they are for sure experienced they're like on twitter they have a bunch of clients they have their own website and then the whole brand is like i'm this content marketing writer so we thought okay that's what we need and i remember i still remember that thousand dollar one because i was just I so amongst when uh that well, it was a good portion of our rate at that point in time i think yeah. it was like a sixth a sixth of our rate yeah. so it was a very expensive article yeah that and and I remember just being like, well, how how could we not use this? Like <laughs> we had a thousand dollars for this, but we just kept reading it and being like, this is not what we want. And my memory of it is that the person wasn't that receptive. I, I think feedback, I was like, yeah. this is not what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to do something else, and they were just like, well, like you know, this is not how I write, or this is not how I work, or whatever. And and then at some point I was like, okay, forget it. We need to get this submitted. And so I just wrote it. And I think that leads to this big initial learning of mine, which is, and of ours, <clears throat> is that the experience, really experienced content marketers and writers, they may be experienced, but that often means they're really set in how they're doing the writing and their writing style. And, and I've seen websites, and this is something I've commented on on Twitter recently, but like I've seen websites where they say like, you know, I'm the blah, 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 this me, and I've been doing this for this many years for these companies in SaaS or whatever. And then and then they'll say, and I bring, this is an example, I, I take, I get, I'm good at taking boring subjects and making them fun and funny and blah, blah, blah. And my pet peeve is boring B2B content <laughs> actually shouldn't be funny. Like if somebody's looking for, IT security software. Like, why are you cracking jokes and putting cat memes in it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Now, I've gotten into Twitter debates uh, about this, but whatever. I, I stand by what I'm saying. But that this is illustrative of what I'm saying, which is, so if I, as the agency side, the hirer, want a certain style. In this example, want our <clears throat> hypothetical IT clients post to not have jokes and random like cutesy humor in it. And I hire an experienced writer who does do that. We're going to butt heads. And that's going to be a pain. And it's going to be really hard to undo that because they're thinking, I'm really experienced. I charge $1,000 a post. So like, what are you no. doing? Like, why are you editing that? And, and it's going to be really tedious. And that's a, a small, like symbolic, small, like funny example. But that is true of larger things. How intros are written. If you know anything about Grow and Convert, and we can get into it later, maybe in a different video or this one, we're very particular about how our intros are written, how much you sell the product. You and I are planning on possibly doing another video on that later. But like, you know, to give you give away the ending, which is not a secret, we sell our clients' products heavily in our posts because we found that converts the most. Most experienced content marketers don't do that because like the culture of content marketing is all this like don't sell stuff. We've talked about this before. And so those are the bigger things that will come up and then you butting heads. And so that was, that's, that's like the big takeaway. Number one. Well, I, I feel like the larger issue there is, is just, we were expecting content done in a certain way and the writing to be done in a certain way and probably not communicating that enough to the writer. And so they have a completely different way yeah. that they typically do writing. And unless that's communicated and we're giving a specific style of how we want something, specific examples of how we want something, I think there's often this miscommunication that happens between whoever is hiring the writers and how the writer typically does articles that goes unspoken until you get into the first draft. And then you're like, whoa, 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 what is this piece? 
it's way different from anything that I was expecting. And then you guys go back and forth. And then as an agency, we had a timeline that we had to meet. And so that's where yeah. we didn't end up getting to use the article. But I would, I would say that's largely an issue that I've seen even trying to hire in-house too is whether it's an SEO article or it's opinion piece or whatever the style of article it is, there's not too much conversation or like the stuff that we have, which is a questionnaire to try to understand what needs to go in the article or what the style of the article should be before you get into the writing step. And I think it often leads to bigger issues with the hiring process or just yeah. producing the article. Yeah. So that is jumping ahead, but we can talk about that. Like that's the process. Once we have someone is, um, we, we eventually created this questionnaire step and I believe shout out to Nathan Collier, who's no longer with us, who I think was instrumental in getting that created. Um, and, and that's like, once you hire someone, that was the big issue. You, know, you, you, you give them this piece or you give them the background for this piece and, and then they just come up with something and you're like, okay, like, is it good? Is it not good? And I think that's where a lot of people's frustrations are where they're like, you know, on Twitter complaining, like it's hard to find a good writer or whatever, because you, you gave them a certain amount of input and then you had this vision in your head of what's going to come back. The input wasn't enough to create that vision. The writer has their own biases, like we talked about, and their own habits, and they came back with what they do. And then you're like, well, this sucks. Um, and so, you know, what are you supposed to do? And to some extent, that's it's not avoidable, right? Like you're going to run into that. And and it, by no means is the conclusion of this video going to be, and Grow and Convert has solved writer hiring. Like it's still hard for us. But one of those things process-wise that was important is we do this questionnaire. I think a lot of other people call it like a content brief or whatever. Um, but the key difference, and, and we go into the full details of our questionnaire in, in our course, our like paid course and community. So I'm, I want to be a little bit careful of not sort of saying everything I was saying there to, out of respect for people in there. But it, it we've talked about it externally as well. The difference between a typical content brief from what I've seen, most people content brief is focused on, how do I say this? Like these really like, deep details almost what i would consider like side details of the piece um it'll be like the the brief will like give like here's the keyword you know maybe they even pick the headers or something and like how long your paragraph should be how many examples to put in there and these sort of details whereas some, also some basic info that should just go in the article because a lot of the briefs are in instead of interviewing someone so it's someone with the expertise might begin mm -hmm. to create the brief or the writer might create the brief and they try to put the key details and information that should go in the article and then kind of send the writer off to go produce it now with this is supposed to be kind of like all the information you need in to write yeah. instead of the interviewing stuff yeah what we do instead our questionnaire is it focuses on the arguments like what you're actually saying and and that's we don't talk about word count we just don't we just don't deal with word count we don't count our words like people are always like oh, how long are these articles I'm like i don't know like count the words later um we don't even necessarily like we get into outlining it but we have questions in there that's around like what pain points are behind this keyword in this topic what unique solutions does this company and this product or service offer? And how is this different from what other people are talking about? It's all about the substance of like, what are you arguing? What are you going to say in the piece? Not the details of how you are going to say it, how many H2s and how long the paragraph's going to be and all that stuff. And then it culminates in an outline so that you, you know, see the final result kind of before it's final you you see you take those early questions of like what are the pain points or whatever and you culminate it in this outline and that allows us to the editor who's the content strategist and the writer to get on the same page before this huge thing has been written and everything has been like finalized and you're like oh god this is not at all what i wanted so you can see in the outline okay this is how they're thinking about it no i want to move this here i want to change the intro to this we need to make sure we mention this detail that's not right. And the order needs to be like this. All that happens in that kind of questionnaire step and that outlining step. And that's key. S side note, 
tying to what we talked about beforehand, there have been very experienced writers. Um, we had this foray, which uh, we don't, I wasn't planning on talking about, but like we tried journalists for a while and journalists hate outlining. Uh, I learned. And, and so some of the experienced writers are like, I don't, I don't do this. I don't outline. I just write a draft. And you're like, okay, well, like we're not going to be a fit. Um, so anyway, so that's process wise. Yeah. I, I want to get a little bit away from that. I'm sorry. I sidetracked the conversation a little bit and went there, <laughs> but what I want to get back to you is hiring. Yeah. Hire the hiring process. So the mistakes that we made early on and what we learned not to do, and then contrasting that with what we're doing now and what we've learned since then. And yeah. what is our writing process look like, or sorry, not writing process, writer hiring process look like. So what do we yeah. do to screen candidates? What do we do once we found a candidate that has potential? Um, so maybe let's go back and just kind of summarize what some of those mistakes were early on. I think one, one thing we learned is not to pay people hourly because the incentives are misaligned. I, I, I think if you pay people hourly, the writer will always do things to, to make it so that there's more hours, whereas the company needs a finished product. Yeah, and I mean, so they may or may not, but the in incentive, the financial incentive is to is in that direction. Yeah, so we just found out pay structure doesn't work. So what we do now is pay a flat rate. So that's one mistake that we had made. I, the second mistake was just finding people that have uh, a ton of experience on the subject matter, thinking that they're going to be a better writer on that subject matter and learning that's not true. And we'll explain what we do differently now. And the other... third, yeah, the third big one, which which I can use to like move into what we do now. The third big one is relying on the portfolio uh, uh, as like the sole thing of of how good they are. Yeah. And look, like sometimes the portfolio, there are some. Like I have a particular writer in mind that was amazing that we, we don't work with anymore. Sadly, his portfolio immediately I read it and I was like, we need we need to hire him. And he was indeed like really good. Um, but it's not it's not a telltale sign. We've also recently had a writer that didn't work out and her portfolio was amazing. So anyway, so that last one, let's continue that, right? So previous, we had just like had an application, had a portfolio, looked at it and we said, let's do it and then put them on a paid piece. So let's start with that last part. We just put them right in a paid piece and it caused all these issues. What we do now instead is test and vet them with these two steps. After we see the portfolio, before they're even on a real client piece. Why? Because a real client piece has to be submitted to a client on a deadline. And if it doesn't work out and the writer is not good, that is really stressful for everyone. And so very quickly we were like, no, it is worth it to pay applicants. Pay them to do a test piece that is not, it's the same prompt. We've had like 400 of these it feels like i don't know the real number is not 400 and and so it's not useless We're, we don't do anything with it right we've had everyone write the same about the same thing almost well that um, was actually a mistake that we did make was we tried to have different writing prompts because we felt yeah. like if there was one writing prompt someone could go see the finished piece that was already live right and then they were gonna i don't know cheat somehow but yeah. What happened when we try to use different writing prompts and then judge the ability of the writer based on the different writing prompts is there was no benchmark. Yeah. And so we were it, like, oh, would... this one's a lot harder than the previous one. Is that why it's not as good? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So now what we have is one prompt. And do you want to explain what the prompt is a little bit? Yeah. So we... I think to, to get into that, we have to explain like the kind of writing we do, which is we. If you haven't watched any of our previous videos, then this will be new. If you have, like, this won't be, but I'll be fast. Is we do bottom of the funnel pieces, which means we're writing pieces targeting SEO keywords that are product related. We call it high buying intent or bottom of the funnel. Things like I always use accounting as an example. My mind, it seems easy for everyone to understand, is like best accounting software would be a keyword we go after. And that naturally needs to discuss products and features. And if you're, you know, our client would be hypothetically an accounting software provider, discuss their product and features and how it's better versus what versus like, how to do, you know, small business accounting tips, which is very like what typically people do, which is this mid top of the funnel stuff, which is just like general collection of tips. So because we do this bottom of the funnel, our writing needs to be very matter of fact, no fluff, we're not trying to entertain them, like people are googling these things to like, because they're thinking about buying stuff. 
and what what else is on page one is like a bunch of comparisons and it's like a very um I always use the term like utilitarian search. Like I'm like trying to do something and buy something and research something, not like small business accounting tips. I'm like just trying to like figure out how this works or whatever. So the writing needs to have that is like this really clear, matter of fact, like clarity, no fluff to it. Now, the second characteristic it needs is the ability for the writer to understand value propositions benefits, features, differentiators of those features and benefits versus competition and be able to write that in a compelling way. So they need to be able to do like a little bit sales writing or sales copywriting, right? Um, so absolute clarity, no fluff, sales copywriting. That's what we're looking for. On the surface, not too complicated. In practice, very difficult <laughs> to find. And so the first thing we did after the is is the first thing we did is create a test project. And what is that is the prompt you asked me, and this is my long way of answering it, is like we have a recorded interview. I think it's like a demo of one of our clients who has, a, it's like a SaaS client, some software. And we have them watch or listen to it. Actually, I think it's listen, watch. Anyway, and yeah, then you are questionnaire which asks these questions like, what are the pain points? Like what keyword, whatever. We tell them what keyword this is going to be after. And then outline it. And we ask them in the outline to write out the intro um, fully. And that's the extent of the test project. They're not, they don't have to do the whole draft. And we pay them. I forget what we pay them now. Like something, $150, $100, something like that. $150. And, 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 and the intro, they we ask them like fully write that out because that's really important to us. Because that should set up, okay, this software, let, let me just continue my accounting hypothetical. That should set up, you know, how are they going to angle and position our client's hypothetical accounting software? Okay, most accounting software does X, like small businesses have these pain points. You should be looking for Y, that kind of thing. Can they do that? Or do they have certain writing habits that is completely incompatible with us? For example, a lot of writers will start every piece on this um kind of like friendly infomercially kind of tone of like you know oh you like this kind of fake story tone running a small business is really hard you know after you've done hr and sold customers and provided the customer you sit down after a long day now you got to do the books like that's like a typical <laughs> writing style like but we we don't that's we don't do that like we'd be like no that doesn't work at all and so we want to see that. And you can see that immediately in an intro. And that then, so that it's a paid test project. We give that to them. It's now, like you said, standardized. It's the same client. We've done it for a bajillion writers. And we get it back. We typically do one round of revisions. We typically, even if they come back with something that's like, whoa, whoa, like the example I just gave, we don't just like nix them. We're not like, sorry, it's not going to work out immediately. Because what we've noticed and we've had some really successful team members on our team today that their first thing they came back with, we were like, Ugh. and then we gave them feedback and then it was amazing. So we've noticed that that's a key characteristic. The people who work out with us, they can respond to that feedback because sometimes at the beginning, they're just the instructions weren't clear or whatever. And so we give them one round. That feedback can be in text comments like the guy who's in charge of it now, David and our team, he he tends to do it in actual like Google doc comments, like long comments. I tend to do it in recorded video. I use like a recorded loom video. Um, it can be whatever. And we explain like, listen, we don't do that flowery intro because think about it. Like, remember we talked about this, like person who's Googling this, they don't need to be told that they're already looking for accounting software, et cetera. Or like this sentence could be said in a simpler way. Um, you know, what about this pain point to introduce this feature whatever? And, and we see what comes back and, and that's really it. That's the bulk of it. That test project is dramatic. There's no timeline because it's not a real piece. So there's no stress. It doesn't affect our content strategists who are like, I'm just trying to get this work done for this client in October or whatever. Right. Um, and, and we can kind of take our time with it and see how, like how, how they do. Uh, and, and if they pass, regardless of whether they pass or fail, we pay them. 
And then if they pass, we then put them on their first real piece. And I can talk about coaching there, but I'll take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a break and just kind of summarize because I think there's two key learnings in there. Uh, one is creating a test project that maps to what you would have them do in the role. So I would even say the test project that that we're saying might not even be the best for whatever type of writing that you're doing. We took a while to think through yeah. what would be the test project that best maps to our own writing process and our own writing style, and then tested a few different prompts and then found one that that worked going forward. And then the second key learning that I heard was the, the editing part. So being able to give someone feedback and seeing if they can then go make the piece better. Because we've, we've had a lot of people where they showed a lot of potential. And then when we tried to give them the feedback, the piece got worse or they mm. just, they weren't willing to take the feedback and they kind of pushed back. Yeah. And it's just not a good writer that we would want to work with if they fall into that camp. I yeah. don't know if you have anything more to say no, on that. I, well, I want to add to your point one. Point one, you said, have the test peep map to what you're doing. I, I want to say that statement even stronger. Have it be literally what you're going to ask them to do. That should be clear. The test project is a real piece that I think we wrote. Like It, 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 it was, or, yeah. Yeah. And so, but we just, it was written and published like a year and a half ago. So it's, it's done. We don't need their work. Like, that's not the point, but it's like, that's literally what we're going to ask them. And so if you're doing, like, you make a good point. What our test project is, is may not be yours. You may be doing ultimate guides, eBooks. Think through, if I were to hire them to write my ultimate guide or eBook, what information would they be equipped with? Maybe for you. Now, I would not agree with this writing process, but it could be true. And it probably is true for a lot of companies. Maybe you don't equip, equip them with anything. Maybe you're just like, here's the keyword, like do what you need to do. But like, think through exactly what am I going to ask them and test that exact thing. Yeah. So if you had more of a story-based style approach to writing, more journalistic style, have them listen to a 30-minute or hour-long interview and then write basically what the angle would be for that story. What are the most interesting points that came out of that interview? Something like that. So yeah. again having an approach that maps to your own writing process. And I think that's really important because a lot of people have tried to take our exact writing prompt or our exact process, and it just doesn't work because we have a very specific style of writing that we're looking for. Yeah. And not every company writes in the same style as us. So you're not testing the writers for what you need them to do. And I think that's yeah. a really important thing here. And, and the other thing is that that bridges from the portfolio to, to your job request. Because the portfolio... Most people's, most writers' portfolios is not bottom of the funnel pieces because most people don't do that. Most clients don't ask for that. And so they're writing like who knows what. And, and we're looking in the portfolio for some of these characteristics. We're looking for the clarity. We're looking for them being able to break down a complex topic. But the portfolio piece could be whatever. And this bridges. You're like, okay, we liked your portfolio. But before we put you on a real piece, let's see how those skills translate to, to doing the real piece the way we do it. So that's number one. Now, the second part of this filtering is we learned is we just kept improving. So this helped a lot, but still these situations arose where someone came through. We thought their portfolio was awesome. They did a great on their test piece. And I was like, they're for sure going to work out. Like, and I would often, I would slack you because I'd be so excited when we find good writers. I'd be like, Benji, there's this person like, it's amazing. You're like, great. And then we give them to some strategists. A week passes, the strategist DMs me on Slack and is like, this is really not working out. Like, where did you find this person? <laughs> and I'm well, like, what I, do I you mean? Think that, that's an important point too, because I think it's important to talk about what we used to do versus what we do now. So now we have this, this test project that's a siloed test project, completely separate from any piece that we would write for a client. Yeah. Historically, the mistake that we made was after they passed this first, pay, uh, this first step and we felt like they were a good enough writer, then we were just giving them to an existing strategist and say, like basically putting them into a, a real live piece for a client. Yeah. And that created a whole bunch of headaches because the writer, the strategist would sometimes get a writer who's great and sometimes get a writer who ended up, once you get into the real project, really not working out. That either the writing was way off from the test project or they couldn't accept feedback well 
or anything like that. And then it created all sorts of fires in the agency because you have a piece that needs to be done on a specific deadline and the writer is not good and the strategist gets frustrated. And so now the whole writing, testing and vetting process is completely separate from any of our real live client work. Yeah. I mean, I'm still in that scenario. So I'm, I'm still at that part of the story. So they've passed a test project. We hand them to a writer. So that's literally the story that I'm still in. I, I know where you're going and I'll get there in a second. Okay. So then they come back and they're like, what the heck, man? Like Davis, like it's like the 28th of the month and I got to get this in and this is horrible. And now I have to rewrite it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know? And uh, I'm like, what happened? And so um, we'll get into the, there's multiple solutions that we're adding. We have been adding to try to help that. Um, you're getting into like how we now help coach during that first piece. But before we get there, there was this other thing we added, which is we were like, what the, like this kept happening. We were like, what the hell? Their portfolio was amazing. Or we thought it was their test piece was pretty, or I think that there's actually two scenarios that cause this. Sometimes the portfolio would be amazing and their test piece would be horrible. And we were like, what the, like, how did you possibly write these articles in your portfolio and your test piece is this bad or just, yeah, whatever. Maybe that's the one we then added a question in our application. And you may, as you're listening to this, if you're a writer, you may object to this. And there have been some people that pushed back, but whatever, and I'll defend it. That simply asked them to do a little bit of writing on the fly right then. Like, for real. And the the pushback that you may be thinking this as you're listening to this is like, oh, you're asking for free work. I'm like, not really. Like, we're not going to use it. You know what I mean? And so we just say, we give them a a, a, a site of our client. We're like, here, this is one of our clients. We like literally give them the site. We're like, this is the site. Check out some of the material on there and write a paragraph or two um, about what, like selling the software. It, it's, it's really open-ended. And well, we just, and the, we know- the way that I would defend it is, is this is in lieu of an interview. So in writing, you're not going through a traditional interview where someone gets right. to ask you questions on strategy and how you would think about solving this problem. We're hiring for a writing role. And so this is the closest that we can get to being able to test and challenge someone about how they yeah. would think and then execute on that specific yeah. prompt. Yeah, it, it's a coding challenge. Isn't it coding interviews? I haven't, I'm not a coder. I haven't gone through them, but I have friends and family it, they're like studying for them. You get into this thing, you have to like whiteboard. Like this is the equivalent of that. It's just right on the fly. Why? Because you can't make that up, right? You, you've you never seen that before. So it's not like, oh, it was edited by my client or my editor. And now it looks amazing, but I can't actually write like that. Like now this, you're like bare. It's just like, do it right here, right? Um, and so that has been key. That was one thing. So that helps us get more test projects passed. So that was this other step. So already, if we just recap, what do we contrast to do? Set earliest, like step, what we're contrasting to, what we used to do is just, you know, you ask some fluff questions and then there's like portfolio and you just are like, this portfolio looks good. And you just throw them on a real piece that you have to do for your real work. A lot of problems. We have now two steps to help. First, in addition to the portfolio, ask them to just write on, do something close to what you're asking them. Just like write on something, you know, um, short. And, and, and that immediately tests, like, is the portfolio total BS or not? Then second, for the ones that pass both of those, then have a paid test project. So at this point, you're asking them to do a significant amount of work. I think ethically you need to pay them. We pay them. Paid test project um, that is separate from your normal work, ideally, um, if you can afford it. And and that really like is like okay now a deep dive into like this is exactly how we work and then only pass the people through there so now we're at like a pretty well filtered group and then i think this is where do you, you have, do you have do you have a, do you have a sense of just the numbers because i think that would be interesting to people oh, like how great. many how many people make it through that initial questionnaire to the test project so let me start even one uh Questionnaire, you mean the application? Yeah, uh, application, sorry. I, I could be really wrong in this, but I feel like from the applicants, it may be one in 20. Right? Oh, wow, yeah. one in 20. It okay. may be one in 10 now, I think, you know, for David, but like, I, it, it could be even higher than, it could be even 
uh, smaller than that. It could be one in 20, but it's something around that. Um, one in 10 feels really high. 10% seems high. It might be more like one in 20, but that's a great question. I have not quantified that. Um, but you got to go through a lot. Like it's <laughs> like emotionally, it's exhausting because you just are going through these applicants. And at least for me, my emotions are like this next one, this is going to be it. And you're like hoping for like an amazing application, right? Because the goal is you want to find good writers and you read them. When and you're reviewing. Oh God, keep going. You're just reading these portfolio pieces sometimes and you're just like, oh God. And then you go to the next one, you're like, I, uh, and you go to the next one. And then sometimes you're just like, is this ever going to work? And then you find one that's really good and you're like, oh my God, they're amazing. Uh, what were you going to ask? Yeah. When you're reviewing the applications, is there something specific that you're looking for? So when you're going, it's that one in 10 or one in 20, what, what's the indication to you that they're going to be a good writer or make it to the test project? Yeah. Like before, what, what are you looking for? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. It's the same thing that I said before is like, um, clarity, like <laughs> this is going to sound so generic and obvious, but first of all, does the writing like make sense? <laughs> like so much content marketing writing, it just is like words on a page that don't have a point. It'll be like, what is accounting? Companies have finances and they sell things and people give them money. And then, you know, it's like, just like, you're just like kind of discussing the topic loosely. Like, are they, is there any evidence that they're arguing a point, like defending a thesis statement, right? Like, do, have they done that? That's one. And then second, I think, is there any complexity to this point? So the second issue is so much writing and portfolios is the most basic stuff. You know, this is what digital marketing is. A website has traffic and you're like, anyone could write on a topic this simple. And is there any level of layers to like complex, is there any evidence that they've been able to mentally grapple with a complex topic? And then finally then like, well, I guess that's the first point, but I was going to say, is the writing clear? So are they, do they make a point? Is it on any level of complexity? And then it, is it written in a clear way? That's what I'm looking for in the portfolio. And then after we enter that last question now that we have where it's like this little mini sample, I look for, we look for that there as well. Um, so those are those two early filters. Now, what Benji said earlier is after the test project, we did something that makes a lot of sense. And you may think that's normal is we put them on a real project. I said that we do that. What he's talking about is even after those two filters, still there's writers that don't work out. In fact, I would argue maybe the majority still don't work out, um, which is amazing. Then, then I would say it's probably one in 10, right? One in 10 that do a test project end up writing for us. Long term? Yeah. 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 Maybe they're like, depending on the, the month or the year, maybe sometimes we, you know, one in five or whatever. I don't, I don't know if that rate fluctuates, but yeah. Um, God, I would hope it's more than one in 10, but it's, this is tough. And maybe that's a big, by the way, that's a big theme we talked about before we started recording this is like a big theme of this. If we go back to the beginning of this recording and I'll, and I'll get back to what we were talking about, I promise is yes, finding good writers is hard. One of the big themes of this video is you need to be clear of what you want. We said, do a test project exactly what you want. Look for exactly what you want. But the big other one is it takes work. It takes coaching. Like we're, we're not even at the coaching step of our process. We're just talking about filtering. And already we're talking about reviewing these applicants care, applications carefully, looking at this sample project, you know, sample is not even a project in the writing application, then having them do a test project, giving them detailed feedback on the test project and giving them one more chance to do it right. Like there's just human hours, employee hours spent doing that. You can't escape that. I don't think, I don't see how you can escape that. Think about any complex role. You know, if McKinsey is hiring a consultant or whatever, like they spend time filtering for those things. If any company is hiring a CEO, they spend a bajillion amount of time like trying to filter for that. At least I would hope so. So that's a big theme there. So continuing on that theme, what we ended up doing is we still had stuff not work out. And these, our strategists, apologies to them in hindsight, is 
you know, they'd be frustrated. Like, I got to redo this. I am on a deadline. What are you doing? You're sending me these writers that can't write. Um, as we started, me and David, who like kind of are, are doing this and largely in the past six months, just David, um, shout out to him, is we would basically be the first line of editing on that first real piece for people who pass the test project. That's why I gave my that little rant right now before this. That as opposed is, to what? As opposed to the strategist just being the editor themselves. And that is straight employee hours, human time. There is no escaping that. Like, yes, we have an extra person, David, that can like edit before the strategist edits to hopefully and, and give more feedback. The strategist just trying to like get stuff done, right? Um, but he can like and coach. What yeah, and what is what is he looking for, or what are you looking for in that first pass of an edit on a new writer? Same thing. I mean, we're looking for that same thing. Is well, first it's the questionnaire, and the questionnaire is were they able to? So, side note for people that don't know this, basically every single one of our pieces is based on an interview with someone in the client organization that knows about the product, knows how it compares in the context of that keyword or whatever, right? So the accounting software, there'd be someone on marketing or product that can speak to all the key reasons why, you know, this, their accounting software is like the best or whatever. And that's an essential part of our process. So the first thing we're looking for is in the questionnaire, could they take that interview and maybe some of our kickoff call recordings, actually, now that I think about it, and pick the right pain points, pick the right like differentiators, present the intro in the right way, have the structure of the outline correct. And that's like big thing number one. It's like an expanded version of the test project. There's evidence by that point, because they passed the test project, there's evidence that they probably can, but they can't always. Maybe the test project was too easy, I don't know. And so that's the first thing. And then when they get to the, so then there's back and forth on that. The strategist is the expert, not David or me on that product. And so they'll add some feedback. No, no, this feature actually is the side note and you need to emphasize this other thing and blah, blah, blah. So they'll add feedback there. Um, and then uh, David will, will kind of like coach with them and say, hey, like, you know, the way you're presenting this, we don't really write like this. So often, often the, the strategist is giving more of the kind of like content product feedback. And David is trying to filter out for the strategist the writing feedback. People come in with their old bad habits and the story type intro and stuff we don't do. And then we like, we don't really do this. Can you know, you can say it in this other way. Like, isn't this clearer, et cetera. Um, and then all of that continues in the draft stage. And, and that honestly, I, I think he does that now for multiple pieces and that transition out of when the a new writer graduates from having David be the writer to just like working directly with strategists, that's variable. I think at least he does two pieces and you start to see it. Like the ones that are good immediately, you're like, this is awesome. And the strategists on our side are like, can I have them for all of my pieces? I actually have this other account where I'd like to use them as well. Cause like once you find a good writer, anyone wants them. Right. Um, and, and it starts to become clear and then they just start working with the strategist, you know, on a particular account, become an expert there and things go well. And then the other ones, you know, there's just more calls, more feedback, more back and forth. And, you know, if the feedback's given via video, more video, and then they either are improving and continue, or it just, we hit a wall and we're like, we gave it a good shot, um, you know, and we, and, and we go our separate ways. And that is, you know, again, symbolic of this big theme of, of this video and our opinion on this matter, which is you can't escape. If you want, to hire good writers that impress you and wow you and are amazing. And we have those. We have a team full of those. Our team is amazing. Um, you, you can't escape the level of work and coaching. And, and, and David now has made it into processes. But, you know, we, you, you started off talking about how we used to do things back in the day. I mean, just back when it was just like me on the writing side. Um, and by the way, the reason Benji's asking me this is like our two role splits is that I handle a lot of this writing and hiring writers and editing. I just remember like so many like Zoom calls and phone calls and like hours just like walking through how we structure a piece and like helping them through it and saying, what about this? It sounds like what you're saying is this and we need to talk about it in this way. 
over and over again. And a lot of those were for writers that didn't end up working out. And that's just like time I spent. But a lot of them were also for writers that did work out. And so it's time well spent in that regard. So those, those human hours, we can't, I don't know of a way to escape them. Yeah, I think a key point that you just brought up too is not building processes too early. I, I think that's just a general business thing that we've learned is in, in the beginning, we tried to build a whole hiring process and there was just so much that we didn't know about how we wanted to hire and what worked. Yeah. And it was only once you figured out, okay, we're starting to see some patterns and what's working, then building process around that. Same with the training stuff. Building building the training processes and trying to figure out how to train people. Like I, I remember in the very beginning of our business, building a whole like training manual that was never used because we also didn't know what we were doing back then. And yeah. you had to learn through trial and error what worked and what didn't work. And yeah. only once you figured out what worked and the process was somewhat re repeatable, do you build the actual process around it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good general takeaway. And I think what, what I've seen in, in other aspects, when we've sort of said these things publicly and people give us feedback and send us emails is people have like analysis paralysis. Like they may watch this and be like, okay, so, you know, I, I got to get this application. I got to figure out what my test project is. I got to do all this stuff. Like yeah, that's true, but I wouldn't stress too hard about these things. Like start somewhere and then you can see what's happening. Oh, okay, these this is working. I'm filtering well. It's working. And then if not, you get an idea and just test it and, and go with the idea. Like none of this is set in stone. You can change an application form pretty easily. So test project, don't think too hard. It's like get an example that is very close to what you ask them to do day to day. Like that, how can that be that hard? Because you're, it's by definition is day to day work. Um, and just put it on there because I went through a bunch of test samples and some of them were harder than others, but like, you know, it still filters. And then for the other writing sample, like just pick a question and, and you just keep going and you come up with an idea like, huh, I wonder if this thing would do it and iterate that as fast as possible um, and, and keep trying that way. Well, what um, would you say if the person hiring wasn't a writer or didn't have the skill set? Because we've had a couple of people ask that, well, I need, I, yeah, I need to hire a writer, but. I'm not the one who can give this kind of feedback to the writers and train them and do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to want to hear this answer, but like, good luck is my answer. Like how, how, how are you supposed to, how are you and I supposed to find a good coder? We don't, we don't know how to code. Yeah. And side note, we have wasted thousands of dollars basically being scammed by coders who didn't do anything <laughs> in hindsight as told to us by coders that did work out. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Chris Landon. He'll probably never watch this video. But like, <laughs> he was like, guys, this, they didn't do any, like none of this is useful. And I was like, what? We spent so much money on this. Uh, anyway, I, I think that's the same. It's like, you, you need to filter for it. Also, if you're not a writer and you can't filter for them, you have no business being like, all oh, these writers suck. It's like, well, then like, if you can't give feedback, how are, how are you going to say that? So if you yeah. think that you know that they suck, then that means you can give some feedback or do some filtering. Um, so I, yeah, like maybe a big theme of this is like, there's no shortcuts, at least that we have found Yeah. Um, to this. Well, now I think that's a big theme in just all of business. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that we have yet to talk about is uh, this little like humorous analysis that you and I did beforehand, which is in terms of the background and experience, um, we labeled like, I think eight of our content strategists, content strategists, someone who Everyone started off as a writer and they both had the interest and abilities to then extend on to just like managing our process and applying it to accounts. So including like picking keywords, doing the analytics, managing the client, like all that. Right. And now they're writing or editing for their accounts is their choice. And it was an even four, four split of active content strategists between who was had pre-existing, like significant pre-existing content marketing writing experience and who did not. So examples of like did not, had it is like obvious. They were like writing for clients or they had clients they're doing like, you know, content SEO blog type writing before. The ones that did not, it goes ranges anywhere from like pretty soon out of college, you know, had random samples, you know, worked in what? Restaurant industry in like, domain trading at a bank, like people without like very little like professional writing experience. Um, 
and they've worked out at the same clip. I mean, at least in our current active strategists, the same amount of them had like basically no content marketing writing experience as those that did. And so we were like, what do we make of this? And I think the answer is we seem grow and convert. We seem to be looking for and filtering for characteristics that I was talking about, like understand the value propositions, differentiators, comparative advantages of a product, features and benefits product, and be able to communicate that and write that in a compelling, persuasive, so you can even argue salesy way, and have really clear thought and write it clearly and, and write it clearly. We're, that seems to not be a function of whether they're a content marketing like blogger or writer or not. They Some that are also have worked out. Some that have not also have worked out. And those seem to be, you know, it's like just this other trait. Behind the scenes, what we're working on is how do we use that to our advantage to find more good team members faster? We're talking about like other places we can put the application. Do we look in colleges? Like where else can we do it? And 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 so that's something that we're still ongoing. And it it honestly keeps me up at night where I like think about this. I'm like, okay, like there's there's clearly like when we find someone, you know, um, not in a startup hub, like in America, then they're like they did something completely unrelated, but like someone in our team knew them and thought that they would be good or whatever, which is, has worked out really well for us, by the way. It makes me think like, my goodness, there must be tons of these people around that are working in other jobs that are just are smart and they have clarity of thought and they can communicate well and they can understand these products and features. And they would probably love to work here. How do we find them? <laughs> like, hello, like we exist. Please find us. And 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 we can have a good working relationship, and probably you would love our job because it's amazing. Uh, so that's something that we're still working on, but that's something to, to to keep in mind. Again, that may or may not be true for you. Maybe you're asking for a type of writing that existing content marketers do very well, and so maybe for you, it's you you do want that experience. But it's that was a huge aha for us. It's people without a lot of experience um, have worked out really well. But it's not exclusive to them. I mean, existing content marketers that just don't have bad habits, have good habits and are smart, like they also have worked out. So, Yeah, and I think the key thing there is just training them because we're saying that yeah. people without experience yeah. and people with... Well, I, I, I think the mistake that companies often make is that you assume if someone has experience that they're going to come in and be immediately successful at the role. Right. And but as we talked about, they may come in with bad habits that are not what you want from a writer. Yeah. And so just from what we've learned overall is just you need to train everyone because we yeah. have a specific process and way that we want things done. And if you're not communicating how you want things done and constantly making sure everyone's following the same process, then everyone's going to be doing things in a slightly different way. And it's not really going to work out. And what we're saying here instead is there needs to be a big even even after you find the right people, there needs to be a big focus on training them because you need to train them in the way that you you need things done for your business. And I feel like that's where a lot of businesses make a mistake is they don't spend, even if they find the right person, they don't spend time afterwards making sure that this person's going to be successful in the yeah. role. And so maybe for the last five or so minutes, we just kind of want to talk through what we do on the training side. And I know there's no real big process around it, but I think even just kind of describing some of the back and forth. And I don't know if you have a few people in mind that it, without naming names of just where they started and and kind of the iterations yeah. that they had to go through. Yeah. So in terms of the, the, the flow, what Benji's talking about is we're talking about the last thing I was talking about. Right. So in the training, like forget the right test project, forget, you know, the things in the application. It's like now when they're writing, they're good enough to be like writing real client pieces with us, the feedback um, that, that we give them. Oof five minutes only five minutes like there's just so much that we've done you i can think go over a little if you want but yeah i think the the first thing um that we haven't mentioned that i think it's appropriate here is this clarity of thought that olivia and i keep have, have gone back to for years which is we realized our actual writing like putting like the choice of words are 
I don't know what we say, our desire there, like our, our goal, like what we're looking for there is actually very simple writing, non-flowery writing. And people have different like quirks and tendencies and all. And so we don't care about things like when people discuss on Twitter is nonsense, like Oxford comma and like all this like weird like writing. Like who cares? You're trying to like show up for content marketing, like SEO focus, you're trying to show up for a keyword and sell your product. Like who cares about Oxford commas and nonsense like that, right? So what we're looking for is clarity of thought. Forget selling even for a second. If I just had you listen to a 15-minute YouTube video on how a car engine works, like how good could you then write two paragraphs that summarize it to someone who doesn't know how car engine works? That, that... Like, that's just clarity of thought. Like, can they understand it? And that's something that Olivia and I have talked about a lot over the years of like, oh, wow, it's not really about writing. And that's why I think people who haven't done it, people who started off doing surfing and they worked at a bank and they worked at a restaurant, like, that's why they've worked out with us because they can have clarity of thought. It's not about writing experience. It's like, can they just communicate things to you clearly, right? Um, and then, yes, on paper, right? Like, not just verbally. And so that is the number one thing. And so the coaching and feedback we give there is, you know, they, they watch this video or whatever with some product manager that's explaining some feature that correlates with the keyword we're going after. And then they create the outline. And you see some issues with that thought structure in the outline. And, and you give them feedback. And it's like by video or whatever. And then maybe they're trying to write it. And then you I've gotten on looms or videos and been like, no, you see like, we're talking about arguments and order and reasoning. That's a huge part of the feedback I've given like folks to the team all the time. Like, why would you mention that first? The reader has is not with you yet. Like, first this leads to that, leads to this, leads to that. Like, just that, like getting them to think through that is a huge part of it. Um, and then the second bucket is then the writing, like writing that without fluff. And I think a lot of people, a lot of writers I've noticed, and at least in our process and work, often the questionnaire and the outline has been awesome. And we're like, this is great. Like clarity of thought is there. The order of arguments, everything flows. You're like, this is really compelling. And then you get a piece back and you're like, what the hell just happened to that outline? Like, what is this? Like, it just turns into all kinds of nonsenses added. And I think a lot of people felt like, the outline wasn't good enough because what they're used to, what clients want, what they think is good writing is like flowery and there's extra stuff and all this stuff. And we're like, no, like just clear, concise, say it in as few words as possible, as clearly as possible. So those maybe are the two buckets of coaching is getting that clarity and then the, you know, clarity of thought and then writing it without in as few words as possible. I'd say maybe a third one as I'm thinking through this that you can add in is somewhere in there, like kind of the next step is compelling sales copy. Because we do bottom of the funnel type blog posts, people have equated it. David himself that I talked about in this video has said like, you know, part of what we're doing is not really content marketing. It's like sales copywriting because our posts are just selling our clients' products because that's what converts really well. And so... There is a bit of an art to that, right? Is you want to sell and be direct without and be compelling without being too over the top, you know? And like, you know, you read something that's a little too salesy, you're like, oh, they're trying like way too hard to sell me this like window cleaning service or something like. And so that, there's some art form to that. And that's maybe the like the second tier level. But the, the biggest things we coach on is that clarity of thought. Can you just like break down the topic and explain how that car engine works well? Um, and then the second one is, and do it without a bunch of like cruft in the writing. I, I mean, I think we went through pretty much everything. Do you, yeah. do you want to summarize just kind of what we yeah. went through in terms of the process? Yeah. I think if you're looking to hire writers in particular, if you've been frustrated at it, a few key big themes, number one, in our experience, maybe some other people have solved this without work. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. You need to be closely monitoring and editing it. Number two, have multiple steps of filter, filtering applicants by having them do 
exactly or as close to exactly as what you're going to want them to do in the real job as possible in the application process. And if you're asking them to do more than just like 10 minutes in the application form, pay them for that work, paid test project. And then the next theme is then when they're even after that, as they're getting up to speed until they've just proven themselves as like outstanding. If you can afford it, if you have the time, the resources, the employees to do this, have people like carefully coaching and giving feedback on these pieces. It takes time. 